The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. I mean, it's hard to say. Um, we're we're going to be the first game back, um, and so it's hard to say. I mean, you know there's a job that you have to do. Um, you put all this work in for months uh, to try to go out there and play your best football. Um, but when you get on that field, I'm sure it'll be a, a little bit of a weird feeling because uh, it was such a scary incident um, that was terrifying. I, I think everybody saw. Um, and so um, we, we'll see when we get out there. But uh, I, I know our guys will just get out there and hopefully when we get to play in the game again. It can be fun and everybody can enjoy it um, like uh, we have all, uh, our whole lives. There's nothing more thrilling than college football, and it all comes down to the national championship game. Your go-to for betting is DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. Plus, everyone can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with DraftKings Same Game Parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code 5QUESTIONS. New customers bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code five questions only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You know, the world's been wanting your voice. Uh, and uh, the that. fans of Arrowhead Pride have been wanting your voice. Uh, and I've wanted it. It's good to hear it, man. Um, that's uh, that's sort of that was a beautiful job. Buddy. I, I appreciate it. Listen, I, I, I'll be honest with you. We have a lot of fun as we just did. And as we do, and we will continue to have fun on this show. I am so thankful that. You know, we we can even have the space to be in this place because obviously the big news in the NFL, even though this is a, a Chiefs podcast, the, the big news in the NFL is what happened Monday night and what happened with DeMar Hamlin, the safety of the Buffalo Bills. Those, if you're just jumping the podcast, you don't know he is uh, the, the young man who uh, suffered cardiac arrest on the field. Uh, they had to administer CPR uh, and, uh, and and revive him back on the field. He um, uh, he's been in the hospital, University of Cincinnati Medical Center, since Monday. And I ain't gonna lie to you, fellas. Um, it is so good to hear the news we got today. The news we got today, and we're recording this, uh, you know, Thursday night going into Friday morning. Um, the news we got that. Damar Hamlin is alert, is awake, is communicating, um, and communicating by writing, unable to speak yet because he still has, has tubes uh, in, in, in his throat. But um, they said over the last 24 hours, 
that being Wednesday into Thursday that he showed just um, substantial improvement and um, and able to, able to communicate memory. Wrote the, one of the first things he wrote down was, "Did we win?" You know the game. So uh, it is it is the greatest news. And fellas, I, I don't know about you. This one was this one weighed on me. Um, I didn't sleep well uh, that night and. You know, it's just been something I was wondering because I'm not going to lie. I thought we witnessed the absolute worst thing that could have happened, the way that the guys reacted, the way that people were were acting. And to hear this news, we'll get into how this affects the Chiefs in a bit, but uh, to hear this news that he is he's alert and up and looking like he is getting closer and closer to a potential recovery is is amazing. I know there were a couple of incidents that uh, have happened like this similarly in soccer over the last yep. decade or so. I I don't watch a lot of soccer, so I didn't watch those live. I just heard about them afterwards. Um, there was one incident uh, with a St. Louis Blues player where he had a cardiac arrest on the bench during a game, and his his NHL career ended as a result of that. But they were able to take care of him on the bench and then immediately get him to the hospital. That This was... A uh, game against Anaheim w- when that took place, and that game was also postponed as a result of that taking place. Because can you imagine being one of the teammates and seeing that happen next to you, and then continue to play? It, it would be impossible. It, it's something that you just like when you sign up to watch sports. And I thought Booger McFarland said this during the game while uh, while the delay of the game was taking place. He said you come to sports for entertainment. And I don't think anybody's interested in being entertained right now. There's just no way to be able to do that after what we witnessed on the field. And I think it was Charles um, Robinson who said this in his podcast as well. He was talking about how, A, he had never seen players respond the way that they did on the fields. And that was noticeable immediately. You could see how, like, the guys that witnessed it, this wasn't your typical. They watched a guy tear his ACL, or they. I mean, saw... you saw you saw people crying. I've never seen that before in my life. I get, that's when I said, "What what is going on?" You could hear how, like we know in our business, you could hear Joe Buck was like reaching to trying to get to a break, and you're like, "This is Joe Buck." Like what? Like what's what? You can hear it in his voice, and 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 Troy Aikman's laying out. And it was just like, what, what's going on here? And then you yeah. saw the looks on, on the people's faces. Like, for me, Tredavious White, I, I, it's hard for me to get his face. He was so emotional. Elam as well, so emotional. And that's when that's when I just knew something is different. Something, this is, like you said, beyond an ACL or a concussion. Yeah, it, it just, it hits you differently than most of the things that you would see on a football field. And then I I thought maybe one of the things that stuck with me most after that, Ron, was the crowd reaction. Like, when the crowd sees something like this, they typically get a little rambunctious. I mean, that was a huge game. And those people that were there to watch that game had been tailgating all day long. They had been liquored up all day long. And they all understood the gravity of the situation. Like, there was no... There was nobody that was yelling or shouting or anything. Everybody was just silent and they just waited. And it was the same as us at home where they didn't know what was taking place necessarily, like in the big picture sense. They just knew that something serious had just taken place. And then they all went home afterwards and we all just kind of 
waited to find out what was going to happen next. So it's just, it's one of those things. I I hope we never have to see anything like it again, because I I certainly had never seen anything quite like it, at least on a football field before. Yeah, sort of for me, that was the the scariest part. I've had conversations, a lot of conversations with people I'm sure you all have. Like the scariest thing, Steve, was like, man, that's a normal play. Like I'm not resigned to think like you can't, like there can't be a potential of loss of life on the field caused by the game. But like, if you were to say to me, what's the, like, what's the hit? What's the, what's the play? What would, what could you see lose, like could lead to just, you know, the ultimate, you know, price that the, 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 as they say, put their lives on the line, that, that normal play that we see happen 15, 20, 30 times a weekend, like that, more than that, probably, that was the part that really, like, you know, threw me off. Like, man, that's not the play. That's not the hit that I would look at and think, boy, that's where you can get some serious, serious potential life-threatening situations. No, and I think that's why it was so terrifying, because yes. that is a play that we see a hundred times You're throughout right, the right. course More than of a football game. And, you know, it, it was a, a sobering moment for me because, like, I realized you know, when it's happening, it took me a while to kind of realize the gravity of it. And I was like, man, they keep going to commercial break like what's going on like i'm on my computer like i'm just messing around looking at fantasy lineups and stuff and then joe buck says that they're providing cpr on the field and you realize that this isn't just like every other injury like that there's that's not something that you hear them say that's not something that typically happens on a football field and then the the weight and the gravity of the situation start to set in and you're like oh my like oh my god like like is is he going to pass away on on the football field and it makes you kind of come to terms with you know this this game that all of us love that has helped provide careers for us that you know we like to gamble we like to bet on sports and play fantasy sports and all of that stuff and it it just makes you sit back and think about how how unimportant all of this stuff is yeah, uh, yeah. and how important the individuals who take that field every single week for our entertainment like how the risk that they're putting themselves under uh to play this this game yeah but as as we said at the beginning the the best news possible right now as that happened monday and thursday he is able to communicate with his parents like and that is he's able to write and can communicate with his parents and that is uh, that is amazing. And I mean, I, I want to give a shout out to everybody that was down there from the, the Bills training staff, the people who administered CPR, were able to act quickly, uh, which helped save uh, his life right now, even though we're not completely out of it, but t- to get to this point. Um, so it, it, it's a, it's a, an amazing story that, you know, we hope that continues, continues to lead towards good news. Um, as uh, as things continue, now <clears throat> we got good news with uh, the Demar Hamlin situation, and we got some more good news because our guy, uh, our guy BK, our guy Brandon Kylie, sorta gonna be a daddy. Woo! 
Gonna gonna be a father. Gonna join the club. Congratulations, man. Thanks, boys. Didn't know I had it in me. Didn't know I had it in me. (laughs) Oh hell no! I knew you had it in you. I just I tell you I I mean honestly I I am I know you've worked as hard as you worked on your career and to get to the space you're in. I know the two of you worked just as hard and were just as vigilant at trying to make this happen. I know the both of you uh, did everything you can and worked and and made this happen. In every single way. Uh, he's uh, talking about Brandon and his wife, but he's staring at me and Brandon through a computer what? screen. <laughs> I'm not talking about you two. I'm talking about you and your wife. Like yeah. I just said, as hard as you worked on, on your career to get to uh-huh. this path, you worked. You two have worked equally as hard to make this happen. I know you yeah. guys have. I could see it in your eyes. So yeah, congratulations. I, I don't even know what to say to that, but yeah, we... Uh, congratulations <laughs> to the both of you. Put me in a great in, spot here, you know. <laughs> putting in the work. That's what happens when you put in the work. Like I know you guys have. Good job. <laughs> Ron, any any uh any parenthood advice that you've got? Um, don't be afraid and don't feel alarmed if they make you so angry <laughs> that you you may call them a-holes. Like don't feel bad about it. It's <laughs> It's, it, it, it is going to happen. Now, early on, it's probably not. I just want you to savor that moment, that first moment, whenever uh, little little Kylie, that that moment when he or she moved from moves from cannot do anything wrong that they have absolutely ticked you off. That's a, that is a that is a moment. My youngest one is is about to be three in March. And I, I think it was about nine or ten months, maybe closer to a year before he really, he really was able to do stuff where I felt like he did it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> wait till that. Wait till the turn comes when that happens. When they, uh, when yeah, I'm not gonna say anything lame like, "Hey, cherish, you only get 18 years uh, uh, that they're with you uh, every year." No. Just, just wait for that turn to happen. And they <laughs> that, that's the moment. Off. That's the that's moment it. that you have in the back. Like of you your know, you're a parent. Forever. Like when you know you're a parent is. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding me? Like just now, my oldest came out just now. Came out of the shower. He's nine, almost nine. Came out of the shower. <laughs> and we said, both of us, we looked at him. There's no way that you take in the shower that fast. There's no way. There's no way you <laughs> cleaned your body that fast. I mean, he is in there like during the the commercial break for a two minute warning. That's that's how long he was in there. We said, "All right, hey, let's smell your underarms." He said, "Ooh, that's the only thing I didn't clean." <laughs> it's gonna happen. So <laughs> have a Did you make him get back in the shower? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's the only thing I didn't clean. Convenient. <laughs> the underarms. Convenient. Yeah, but I believe that. No, man, once you start all the way over, get it all. Get it all. No, but man, for real, man, congratulations. No, it, it, you guys, you guys will love it, and good luck with her. Thank you. Whew, thank you. Over this, uh, Everything's gone smooth so far, which is oh, uh, a blessing. Luck. A real good blessing. Luck. Oh, yeah, it's coming down. Yep. 
It is coming down. Good luck. <laughs> On the plus yeah. side, at least it's uh, you know, St. Louis in the summer uh during the third trimester. I'm sure Ooh. that'll be super fun. That'll be fun. Yeah, I don't know, boy, because you know it, it's both are tough. Like the winners, that 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 ain't great either. Um mm, yeah. No good answer to this question. Huh? No good answer. No, 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 no good answer. All right. Um, but congratulations to you and your family. Um, uh, seriously, in all seriousness. Uh, but we do we do have to now get to the football part of this because I think a lot of people now, including the NFL, feel much more comfortable to talk about the football portion of what is happening now since the uh since the game on monday night and sir if i'm right i get this right it has officially been announced at this time that the bills and Bengals game is not going to be made up that thing is 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 done right where it is yeah it was officially announced by the nfl just in the last like 15 minutes so it's literally just coming out yeah so that so that game is not going to be made up and now there are some there are multiple scenarios that happened. And you guys tell me if I'm off here. I think the ones that really matter for Chiefs fans and that really impact the Chiefs are really this. If they win against the Raiders on Saturday, they win against the Raiders on Saturday. The only thing that they have to worry about is this. They win Saturday, they get the bye, they become the number one seed and the bye that comes with it. The only thing that would change and and be something that Chiefs fans need to look out for is if they win on Saturday and the Buffalo Bills beat the Patriots, if those two teams were to face off in the AFC championship game, even though the Chiefs have the number one seed, because of fairness, the way they're looking at this, that game would be played on a neutral site. So not in Indi- not in uh, Kansas City, not in Buffalo, somewhere neutral site. And now that's really the only thing if the Chiefs wins that they have to worry about. If the Chiefs were to lose and Buffalo wins and the Bengals win, the same thing applies except with either one of either the matchups with the three of those teams. If the Chiefs play the Bengals, it's a neutral site. If the Chiefs play the Bills, it's a neutral site. If the Bills play the Bengals, it's a neutral site. That is if the Chiefs lose and the Bengals beat the Ravens and the Bills beat the Patriots. So I got that right. If the, if the two teams have a different number of games played and the same number of games lost, it is a neutral neutral site game. Yes. Essentially the way that it goes. So 13-4 and four Chiefs versus 12-4 and four Bengals, neutral site. 14-3 and three Chiefs versus 13-3 and three Bills, neutral site. Yes. The most likely scenario here that it would affect the Chiefs is what you mentioned at the beginning. Chiefs win, Bills win, neutral site game for AFC Championship game. The Chiefs would still get the bye in this scenario that has been presented. It's the latest thing that we know of. We're recording this Thursday night. Friday, they are expected, the owners are, to meet. Something could change then after discussions between the owners. But it sounds like if this is getting out to the media and it's already been put in a document, I would assume it's pretty close to being a done deal and they just got to finalize it tomorrow. Um, I, I think this is the best thing they could have come up with at least from the Chiefs perspective. We're not a Bengals podcast, so we don't have to specifically discuss that, but no. there's some stuff with the Bengals and that division that seems kind of funky to me, but that's for another podcast to be able to discuss. From the Chiefs perspective, Chiefs fans, I know some of you, you're listening to this right now and you're saying to yourself, 
I can't believe they would do this to Kansas City. It wasn't our fault that that game was canceled. It's not our fault that they can't make it up. That game should be at Arrowhead. Shut it. It's not yeah, up sit to that you. One out. Sit it, that this one is, out. This is something that nobody expected to take place. And this is a byproduct of a unforeseen event that nobody could have predicted. And the NFL is making the best of a horrible situation. You think the Bills want to be in this spot right now? Of course not. Neither do the Bengals, neither do the Chiefs. This is the best they can do. You're getting a one seed potentially if you are able to win on Saturday. You get the buy that comes with it. That's the most important thing. That's the most important byproduct of getting the one seed is that buy. You skip Absolutely. a potential 60-40 game. Just if this ends up happening and it's a neutral site game, it is what it is. You live with it. Yeah, and 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 to be honest with you, I, it's the best. It's the best case scenario, I think, for the Chiefs. Really, for the Chiefs because they get the buy too, but then the Bills as well. But the Chiefs because they get a buy because either for the Chiefs, either you are playing at home all the way through, and if the Chiefs win on on Saturday, this will be a, a another year where Patrick Mahomes has not played a playoff game on the road. Um, you're either you're either playing at home all the way through or you're going to be playing at home and then play a neutral site game where the weather will be not a factor. The weather won't be, I would imagine. I don't think that they're going to send this damn thing. It better be at home. To Lambeau. Like, I don't think they would say, hey, boy, all right, let's do this. Let's send it to Cleveland. That's That'll be where we'll, no. I'm imagining that thing's going to be, get played in the usual, usual suspects. Indy, uh, Houston, potentially, those are dome spaces. Uh, Vegas, where they're going to play on Saturday, probably an option. Uh, the, the the Rams aren't playing. The Chargers aren't hosting. So so uh, L.A., probably a, a, a spot that potentially it will be places, you know, Atlanta, maybe. It'll be places that the weather won't be a concern, which, hell, I, I'm – I would imagine a lot of the players would probably say to themselves, would I rather play in Buffalo or Kansas City? I'll never forget. We did a uh, we did the whisper show, sir. Do you remember that? The whisper show we did where we just had to whisper because uh, it was uh, just a ridiculous situation we were set in. And uh, Tari, was it Don Tari Post fundraiser? Yeah, but Chris Jones was there. And Chris Jones, we remember we were talking to Chris Jones about a game that was being played in Kansas City between them and the Raiders, and it was supposed to be freezing cold. And he said to us, "I'd rather play that game in Oakland. I'd rather." He's like, "I'd rather." He's like, "I love playing in front of Arrowhead." He said, "But I'm from Mississippi. I'm from Philadelphia, Mississippi. I ain't never played in nothing that cold. I'd rather play in Oakland." Um, and so, I, I mean. For me, Patrick Mahomes, no weather implications, no issues, that speed, it's not the worst thing. Yes, would you love to play at an Arrowhead? And I know many of you, like BK said, you want to play your game at an Arrowhead. Hey, keep that to yourself. Uh, Post that to yourself because, like, you have to understand why they're here. They're not just doing this because they want to screw the Chiefs. Like, they're they're doing this because this is probably the fair thing. And at this point, I'm just happy that, there's a conclusion to this and that we like have some direction of where this is going to go because it's just been a guessing game all week. And 
there's been a lot of bad scenarios floated out there and this seems like the most logical one that that i've seen and it is the one that they're going with now i will add one thing we ain't playing an indie like if if I'm if I'm Clark what is Hunt, wrong with you? Stop. I'm coming in. I'm coming into that owners meeting hot. Coming in hot, huh? I'm starting, and we know like what is wrong. What Clark is wrong has with a what's, what's wrong with Lucas? Oil? What's wrong with Indy? What's wrong with Indy? Have you seen the Chiefs games that have been played in the playoffs in Indianapolis, Ron? Uh uh-uh. uh Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. I don't need that. I don't need the ghosts of playoffs past coming back to roost. For the Chiefs versus the Bills in the AFC Championship game? No. Uh-uh. You want to take us to LA, send us 3,000 miles west? By all means, I'm down. That sounds great. Chiefs you fans can get to, to Indy. Chiefs fans to can, they can mm. get to Indy better mm-hmm. than, than Buffalo mm-hmm. fans. I don't care. I don't care. Put us in, put us in, I don't know, Atlanta. Put us anywhere. Anywhere else that's climate controlled. I am not taking this team to Indianapolis. That is the house of horrors for this team. Even this year, this version of the Chiefs, the one game that I simply cannot explain this season wrong. Well, I can't explain it. Just don't it was that Indy. More return punt. Mm-mm. Nope. Not playing Maybe, there. How many? Hold on, you how can many send ba- us anywhere else. I will play in New York, a, a non-climate controlled New York Giants Jets stadium, MetLife. I'll go how there. Many, hold on. How many bad games have they had at Indy? How many bad playoffs? A million games? of them. What do you mean? How many all bad of playoff them. games? All of the games. How many bad playoff games they had at Lucas Oil? Oh, just, a, just the one bad one where they blew it with Andrew Luck. That was right. Wasn't uh, there another one before Andrew Luck? Peyton, yeah. Peyton kicked our asses here in the no punt game. No, but in, 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 in Kansas City. What what other one? Wasn't there, there another indie game that they lost? So 2013 was the game that they ended up. Uh, losing that was the disaster, right? That was the disaster. That was that was uh, that was oh, boy. I thought they had it, boy. You, you got your man Alex Smith just going off, and then they just sustained a lot of injuries. They had Jamal get, get the concussion, but I don't think they've ever lost anywhere. I don't think they lost another game there. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That's the game. That's the one. That's, the, that's enough for so the one. The, and then the there's regular game. season games that have taken place there. I don't need any of that. The Chiefs playing the in Lucas Oil involved. Stadium is a disaster. I don't so care. You're you're out on you're out on Lucas. Yeah, you, you think that you think I that think it's specific ready. to the Colts? No, it's the place. The place is haunted. It's haunted for the Chiefs. Uh-uh. Yeah, it's Jim Irsay. It's, it's not turf, haunted, man. I don't, I don't care where turf. they play. It is not haunted. You don't Wild. care. That is it. That has gotten away from you. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> no, it hasn't. Now, I'd, re- I, hey, I'd rather than play that sucker in Houston. I'll be, I'll be in that puppy. I'll be in the house for that one. Uh, but Indy, come on, man. It, it don't matter where. Just, just give me a good. Well, me- one thing we know for sure is where the college football national championship is going to be played. So, as always, you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and, and make sure you get in on their college football same game parlays. And this week in the NFL. We will be cooking up our very own same game parlay with our good friends at DraftKings that they will put right there on the homepage for Saturday's game against the Las Vegas Raiders. We will have all those picks available for you later this afternoon on the Arrowhead Pride Twitter feed. So make sure you check that out. We'll have a link. Make sure you can tail our make sure you can tail our same game parlay for this week. And DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, let's let's move on because I I can't listen to your fears of Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, Chiefs is, two and three in Lucas Oil Stadium, by the way. Two and oh, three. There. Okay. All right. All right. Let's just 
By the oh, way, Alex yeah. Smith, I think, got hurt there though in 2016 as well. The injury, oh yeah, it did, the in the spleen or whatever. Yeah, no, the ear, the lacerated ear. Yeah, remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, when the when the calm down, just just sad. I can't that believe you, you don't care about this. I, I don't. Um, <laughs> when the uh, <laughs> when the Chiefs have the ball, this is their uh, their final their final uh, game of the regular season. All right, allegedly, uh, McCall Hardman has returned. He has been activated for this game and. There is a potential for him to play, and we, but what BK, we've been here for about two or three weeks, wondering is is McCole going to play this week? Is McCole Hartman going to play this week? Because yet again, was that Blake Bell touchdown the longest pass play? No, Kadarius Tony had one on a back shoulder that was, may have been longer, but it certainly wasn't no bombs away go get them and really scare the defense. Um, I hope McCole plays this week because. As we've said, man, week after week, I'm almost going to just accept that they are just not a over-the-top big play offense anymore. I'm just damn near going to accept that at this point. I don't want to accept it. They tried this past week. Like, they they got close to connecting a couple of times. MVS had a couple that were right there. Man, Sky Moore was right there, right there for the opportunity. And and Patrick missed him. He missed him. That's on Patrick Mahomes, not on Sky Moore. That's all I've got to say about that. The last four weeks. Wow. Sky Moore is is on that space where you will blame Pat over Sky you know how many times that you've just sure to back me up here. You saw it. He missed the oh, throw. The throw wasn't it. where it was supposed to well, be. I think that's actually been the case on some of these deep shots this season. I feel like Pat's just been off on a lot of them this yeah, year. Yeah, but th- but this is yes, and I've said that to you about that with McCole multiple times. And you no, don't. You, it was different you with McCole. Yeah, there, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah he just thought. he just doesn't look his way after years of letdown. He just <laughs> okay. doesn't look his way. It's different. In all fairness to McColl, in the four weeks prior to him getting shut down, he was awesome, man. He had become the version of McColl Hardman that we had been waiting for. He had 17 catches, 225 oh. yards, three touchdowns through the air, oh. added three carries for 35 yards and two touchdowns on those those three opportunities, oh. all of which oh. were basically in the red zone. Don't know what's happening to Ron right now, but it's Five a good piece, game. baby. Five it, TDs in that time, baby. In that four-game <laughs> stretch, that was against the Raiders, Buffalo, San Fran, and Tennessee. So it's not as if he's going up against the mm. the the bad teams that have been on the Chiefs' schedules lately either. He's a guy that completely changes this offense, specifically in the red zone. I can't explain it. I I don't know why they don't have those same opportunities for somebody like Sky Moore. I think there were some that we saw for Kadarius Tony, but then he got hurt as well. I'm fascinated to see what his return means for this offense, Ron. Is he going to go out there and just be a gadget player again? Is he going to go out there and get his full allotment of plays? My guess, this is just a guess, for this week, we see a very limited package for McColl. To get him back out there, we've seen this from Andy Reid before, where he just kind of gets his feet wet. And then in the Chiefs' AFC Divisional game, that's when we really see them unleash McColl Hardman once again. So I, I don't think that you see the full allotment of plays with him this week but it's good to have him back because they they really needed him specifically in the red zone look man um i'm gonna be honest with you i i hope his return means something because i'm legit getting nervous about this offense like legit getting i I know that i haven't looked i think are they still the number one offense are they are they if not they're they're one yeah they're they're still that and they were leading across the board in like yards points 
They're the number yeah, they one offense. Are. Number one in yards, number one in points right now. Man, when I watch them, and that's just me, my, my eyes, and I watch them, and yes, I'm sure I'm probably comparing them to other offenses in the past, offenses in the past I've seen. They just don't feel like a number one offense right now. And the reason why they're making me nervous, they're still a good offense, right? You know, you know, 27 points, that, 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 that's, you know, that's good. But for the way this team is built, fellas, like this, this offense needs to be more dependable than they have been. This offense needs to create more of a lead for the way the defense is at their strength when they can rush the passer and they can do things and Spags can do things to cause, to help cause turnovers and to help cause pressures. But this offense has not been reliable enough for what the Chiefs need it to be and how the team is built. Man, they had three three and outs in that third quarter. Three straight that lasted under like 52 seconds. All of them. Like it was just like I remember I don't I can't remember which one of you in the text chain said, Did they forget they have running backs? Like what like what is happening? Like I know Denver's defense is the strength of their team. But they were in one-two Cancun mode. I mean, they weren't even going to wait for three. They They're also were bad against the run. It's they were ready bad as a defense. But they, but they just came into the third quarter. I mean, just easily stop, stop, like three straight stops. This, this, this offense can't afford that by by anybody. They can't afford to just get stopped because that's not how the team is built. And I am nervous as hell, fellas, that. This offense is not what this team needs it to be. I've watched the last two weeks where teams have been able to not just slow down Travis Kelsey, but at long stretches of the game, just take him out and he's not getting any catches and he's not getting any yards. And then it's not, it's not though, at least, okay, Travis didn't get any play, but he is opening it up for other people, but no, hell no. They're just, I mean, they're not connecting on anything. And, you know, they've had some drives when they've had to, and, like you're looking in there and you're going to have hit Blake Bell across the middle uh, to roll into the end zone for a touchdown. I just, this offense has not looked like the offense you felt like they needed to be since the Niners game. And, and I mean, and, and so I'm, I'm concerned moving into this. Yeah. I think most of the concern is one thing specifically. And we had a one-off where they didn't have the turnovers and then guess what? We're back. Here come the turnovers once again. And it's special teams, it's everything, right? But they don't finish drives often enough once they get into the red zone. They have way too many turnovers, and their special teams are an absolute disaster. And they have been for the better season. And when you combine those things, man, they just, they don't, they, they seem to have this thing where they, they, they hurt themselves more than the opponent hurts them. I mean, you look at, Ron, this stretch of games that we're talking about. Go back to the Buffalo Bills games through last week. So that's an 11-game stretch. In that stretch, they have 19 total turnovers. They had at least one in all but the Seahawks game. But if you look at what they've done offensively, like when they get the drive going and they don't turn the ball over, they've been super successful. At least 20 first downs, at least 350 yards in 10 of the 11 games. Interestingly enough, the one game where they didn't meet meet those numbers was the Seahawks game. And that was when the offense was strangely ineffective, but they didn't turn the ball over, so they were able to get the job done. If this team simply makes their kicks, 
doesn't turn the football over, they're going to be and converts their drives when they get into the red zone into touchdowns. That's going to say their red zone, their red zone offense. That is that. It's those three things: red zone, converting on kicks, and not turning the football over. If you can do those three things, this offense is as good as it's been at any point in the Patrick Mahomes era. The problem is they can't do those things consistently, and they continuously shoot themselves in a in the foot as a result. Yeah, and I don't know uh, how you can like convince yourself that that's going to change in the playoffs because at this point it's it's a character trait. No, yeah, I mean they're they're showing it. This is this is a trend. Well, I can understand how it doesn't seem like this is the best offense in the NFL, like especially compared to when we've seen some of the other best offenses in the NFL. And like, if you watch like what Dallas has been doing and what Dak Prescott has been doing, you would probably think like, Oh, that's the number one offense in football because they're flashy and they create big plays. And CD lamb is having an incredible season. Dak Prescott's really good at at operating the offense and stretching the football field. And the chiefs haven't done that, but it, it comes back a lot to what BK was saying. It's simply the turnovers, the special teams, blunders, like, missing out on points, not capitalizing in the red zone. And it is concerning, but like if this team could just execute and maybe there is that switch that they still need to flip in the playoffs, if they can just execute, they seem pretty unstoppable offensively. They've just been really inconsistent in too many areas. And it is a huge red flag at this point in the season. It, it, now, it, and to me against the really good opponents, that's like the two games that we can really base it off of are the Bills and the Bengals, and they lost both games. And there were points where the defense, like it, it, they they had some struggles at times in those games and getting teams off the field. But the defense has you 24-20. to 20. They force a field goal. It's 24-17 after Mahomes has that crazy touchdown where he jumps over everybody and gets in before he gets knocked out of his hands. It's 24-17. They stop him on a drive to get it 24-20. It's the fourth quarter. You're like, the Chiefs' offense is going to put it away. Right, here goes. The Chiefs' offense is going to get a drive to put it away, and they're starting to do it. And then, as you said, BK, they have the turnover from, from, from Travis Kelsey, the fumble that then puts the defense back on the field. They go down and score, and then it's 27-24, and it's like, all right, the offense, you got a chance to come down, at least tie this thing. And the best they could get is a 55-yard field goal attempt. You know, and then the Buffalo game, when Chris Jones was able to steal and steal and cheat through that trip of Josh Allen to end the drive there, the Chiefs have the lead right there, 20 to 17. They got a lead right there, giving the ball back to his to his offense. Like I believe under 10 minutes to go in that game, giving the ball back to the offense, and they couldn't get Von Miller blocked. And he gets a sack and they end the drive and they couldn't put it away. Like in the past, that is you're you're punting, you're fearful. Teams are fearful of kicking the ball back to the Chiefs or going for it because, because they know that they're gonna come down there and put them away. And they didn't get points on those things. And I just it's happened in the regular season. It's happened. I just, it just, their offense for what the Chiefs need their offense to be just concerns me. And I, I, I just, this is a team that, that they're going to win because of their offense, we think. Right. Like, and this offense hasn't looked dominant since the Niners game. Now, that was one of the last games McCole Hardman played, but 
that that that's the part that that makes me really really nervous about this. And Ron, in this specific game, just kind of looking towards the the game on Saturday, this is a defense that shouldn't really do a whole lot to expose those flaws that the Chiefs have. They're twenty seventh in the red zone and they're thirtieth in turnover percentage on the season. If this is going to be a team in the Chiefs that is able to flip that switch like they have in the past, this is a game where we should start to see it. Yeah, I mean they just got to they got to get the D line stopped. They can't. I mean they got to stop them from rushing. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, when the Raiders have the ball, uh, for me, man, I, I got to say this. I, I said I'm concerned about the, the Chiefs' offense because I'm not so sure if they are playing at a, a in a way in which the Chiefs need their offense to play. How this team is built to win a Super Bowl, but I think the defense has been doing that. We talked about it. What can they show us during these games stretch um, to make us feel better? The defense has made me feel better going into the postseason because they have played. To a level of what we felt like this defense needed to be, they have played to that level that I think this defense, if every part of the team, if the special team doesn't stink and suck ass like they have of late, and if the offense isn't so, you know, up and down and how effective they are, this defense is playing to the route they have been. Serta has come on here fairly week after week and talked about they are so bad at creating turnovers. Well, they have created at least a turnover in five straight games. They're doing a better job of getting off the field uh, it, 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 on third downs. They were having, they were having nine, ten, eleven drive, eleven play drives, twelve play drives. They're getting off the field, and to be honest with you, the Seahawks and Broncos. I mean, you look at it; them jokers went for it on fourth down multiple times in that game, so they got off on third down. Hell. They turned the, the 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 Seahawks over on downs three times themselves. I mean, those are turnovers basically anyway. So I, I just want to see the 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 Chiefs defense continue how they've been playing of late. And I would have said I wouldn't have been as impressed against this Raiders team, but the Raiders team, even with Jarrett Stenham, meant they put it on the number one defense in the game. I And when I say put it on easy, now Nick Bosa was able to make some plays late 
that 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 really messed things up. But Devontae Adams had his way. Jarrett Stenham had his way. Like they 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 were able to more than hold their own against the 49ers defense. And if the Chiefs can come in and kind of play ball like they have been playing of late and kind of slow this team down, I, that that will be impressive to me. Spot right now defensively where they're starting to get pressure, and, and that's yep. a big part of it, right? Like we've asked all year, all right, Chris Jones, great. He's, he's having an unbelievable season. The exact kind of like it's not technically a contract year, but there could have been a potential out this year with a trade or whatever. That That's not even on the table anymore. He is your best defensive player by a wide margin. He has lived up to every expectation. Question was, who else is going to be able to be that secondary pass rusher? And the answer is they've kind of done it by committee. George Karloftis has stepped his game up in he a big way up, lately. Yeah. Frank Clark, credit where it's due, has had some moments lately. It's not consistent. It never has been and it never will be. But he's been better. Carlos Dunlap has had some noticeable plays. Mike Dana has had some pretty good moments as well. You're starting to see, all right, maybe they don't have a true number two. But they've got three or four different guys who on any given drive can be that player that they've been missing. So when you add that to what they have on the back end right now, where you're starting to see a few more plays being made by their safeties, their corners are starting to come together after being a very young group early on in the season, they're making some more plays. It's You're starting to see what the makeup was supposed to be for this defense. Nobody's going to can like for think that they're going to be the early 2000s Ravens. That's not on the table, but they're starting to play better. Their last four weeks, they've given up 215 or uh, passing yards or fewer in each of those games. They've had at least one turnover in each of the last four games. They've got six combined in that stretch. This is starting to look like what you expected them to be. They're making bad offenses look bad again. Yeah, I, I'm no, I'm excited. I, I'm excited for what they're what they're doing. I just wanted to keep it up. I, I didn't think before this game I'd be impressed against the Raiders. But last week, the, the Raiders were moving it easy. Jarrett Stidham was – that was easy against Did you the see Niners. that coming? No. no. Stidham? No, uh, no. But that's, no, that, that was a weird – it was just a weird game. Like, okay. the, 40, the 49ers – we're not like Jared Stidham's going to come out just firing on all cylinders and testing our secondary and pushing the football down the field. Like there's no way they were prepared for that. When was that Derek Carr game against the chiefs? Was that like, was that two years ago that he had that weird game where he just started coming out and he was just throwing the ball downfield from start to finish. Yeah. It kind of felt like that where the 49ers were like, all right, they're just going to try to dink and dime us down the field. And then it ended up being Stidham was just, guns a blazing from start to finish but he, he he was successful with it like credit where it's due he basically said all right hey where is Devonte adams i'm throwing to that guy consistently and Devonte adams had an unreal day that was the player that they thought they were getting all year yeah and, and speaking of Devonte adams like if we're going to look in particular to this game um you know uh, i mean their running game is really good i mean is he still leading the league in rushing is Jacobs going to play? Have is, you seen yeah, anything he, on that, Serta? He's been missing practice this week. Yeah, I thought he was banged up at the end of that. That I need to check on. I know he had some injuries against Pittsburgh. I know he had a couple of injuries against Pittsburgh, but he was playing against. Um, yeah, I mean, he's been – I think he's been on the injury report for them for, like, several weeks. Yeah. 
um, and, and seems to keep playing. I, I think the the biggest thing was like, what are we playing for at this point now? <laughs> but I, I would imagine he's going to play. And he was a limited pra- participant in practice on Tuesday, DNP personal on Wednesday, and then just DNP on Thursday. He's listed mm. as questionable for the game. He is not. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, that's not a great sign if he's missing, you know, Wednesday and Thursday, the, the heavy practices. But I feel like on a short week, like, I feel like they've, that's kind of been the case with him, like, over the last few weeks where he's not really practicing a ton and he's still playing on that's games. Right, yeah. They do play Saturday. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, but even with that, like, this is going to be, like, we don't know what Jarrett Stenham's going to be like. I mean, Jarrett Stenham looked like a, I mean, that was better than anything Derek Carr has almost done all season. And Derek Carr's not awful. Um, but Devontae Adams gave them that work last time. And Devontae Adams has been given everybody that work. Uh, he just stepped over Tim Brown and, and, in terms of the most yards in a regular in a regular season, a single season for the Raiders. Um, but Rashawn Fitton is not on the field anymore, and he absolutely torched him to death. It, it will be good, though, to see how they handle him and what Spags does. And to me, I, I don't think it's it's really a, a tough deal. Um, I, I know that McDuffie is a, is a really good cover corner and probably this team's best cover corner. But in that game, now McDuffie didn't play in that first game. But whenever they switched Sneed onto, onto Adams, that's where, like, their best success came against Adams that night. And if you remember the touchdown that he ended up getting late that, that made the, the, the game closer happened because some reason two rookies were were hooked up with him on with Watson mm-hmm. and Cook. Uh and he gave them that work. But but when Adams was there, he he played like he he played him as well as anybody. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I would just start him on him. And, and I don't know, maybe, maybe you want to see maybe what McDuffie can do. But, boy, the size that, that Snead has. And and I've loved it. I mean, they follow – like DK Metcalf, they just followed. They just they just had Snead chase him with the size deal. So, I don't know. I, 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 I That would be my thought of what Spag should do. I think that's probably the way they decide to go. I also find it interesting for this one just because, like, it could be telling for what they want to do in the playoffs as well. This could be a little bit of a foreshadowing of what their plans are going to be against some of the top wide receivers that they could go up against in the postseason. Like, if they were to see the Bengals, what are we going to see against Jamar Chase? The closest thing to him probably that you're going to see is is Devontae Adams. So let's find out what what they decide to do here. What is the game plan? And kind of set that up against the Raiders, and then you can make some adjustments if necessary if it doesn't end up working out well for what you could potentially do if you end up seeing the Bengals in the postseason. So I I would definitely go with Snead, find out what he's got against Devontae Adams. If it goes well, great. If not, make an adjustment mid-game. I would go, the thing that I fear that they will do is if it doesn't go well with Snead, they'll just naturally go with one of the other two long, young corners with Watson or Williams because of that size. I, I just fundamentally disagree with it. I think your best cover corner right now is McDuffie. And if it doesn't go well for Snead, I would go to him because he can play inside, he can play outside, he can do whatever you need him to do. And he's proven to be a very good corner, even when going up against wide receivers with size. So 
It's what I would prefer to see them do if it doesn't go well with Snead, but that's got to be your first option. And I would be interested to see how Spags plays this game too, because they've got Hunter Renfro back now. They've got Darren Waller back now. And this is really like the first time all season, I think that all three of those pass catchers have been healthy and on the field together at the same time. So maybe that had something to do with what Jared Stidham did last week. But that's a good offense. Like those are good skill players, especially with what Josh Jacobs has done this season. And so it it is interesting to see kind of how Spags moves the chess pieces around. But I still think Snead should be on Adams and and should trail him unless he's just getting absolutely torched or something like that. Especially especially what McDuffie like last week. I don't think that was small him him creating a turnover and showing he could successfully successfully blitz from the, the 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 slot spot like Snead has made so famous in this defense. So I I don't think that was just a small thing that happened last week. The other thing, Ron, and I'm glad that Serta mentioned their their allotment of weapons. Like we've seen a lot of bad offenses over the last month. I mean we've seen Denver twice, Seattle without Tyler Lockett. They basically have one guy in that offense. And then Houston, you've been watching them all year. They got nothing. They had nothing in that game. They've got nothing all season long. This is the first time that we've really seen this defense tested. So while they have, I I think, improved significantly lately, this is the first time we really get to find out if what you're feeling about them is real. If it can be carried over into the playoffs when you could go up against like the Bengals, the Bills, the Chargers, the Jaguars, offenses that can actually give your defense some trouble. I mean, you may not... You may not find a better just group of skill when it comes to receiver, tight end, and running back. Than this the is Raiders the closest thing you'll find to probably the Bengals. The, I think the Bengals is number one, and the Raiders would be kind of probably right because, behind them. Because Burrow, the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, the game that's sweeping the nation. Uh, sort of go ahead and give me my music here. <laughs> You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. Uh, certified or imposter. We kind of hinted towards this earlier, and I just, certified or imposter, the value, the value of McColl Hardman to this offense, is it, it, like, is it this important? Is the value of McColl Hardman to this offense majorly important, certified or imposter? I'm going to start. Hell, I hope it's certified. But I'm going to be honest with you, like even as somebody who has been a, a McCole Hardman supporter, it is hard for me to come to the to the realization or to the thought that McCole Hardman is the key to this offense. Like that, that is hard for me to come to. I, like I said, I hope it is. But I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to say imposter. I, I, I can see the reasons why it is a hope. But it is hard for me to believe that this offense is all of a sudden going to turn because McCall Hartman. Even though I know when we look at some of their big performances, and the last one that they really had was against the Niners. Not only had some injuries, but they still got some great defensive players over there and a great defensive coach. I mean, they put up 40-plus on him, and he had three touchdowns in the game. So I, I know I'm saying it, but it is. If I'm going to be honest with you, I'm just going to keep it completely – funky i can't it is hard for me to bring myself to believe that mccall hardman is 
the absolute important factor to this offense. So I'm going to say imposter, but hoping it is certified. I think it's certified in one area, and that's the only area that matters. It's the red zone. This Chiefs offense has been the best in the league by a wide margin between the 20s. They move the ball more consistently, more efficiently than any offense in the NFL. But when they get into the red zone, they clam up more often than you would like to see. And when they have McCole Hardman out there, they've got that easy button. They know that Andy Reid can hit that easy button at any given time. He say, you know what? We're running the jet sweep. And you know it's coming, Ron. Serta, you know it's coming. I know it's coming. The defense knows it's coming. And somehow they don't stop it. I don't understand how it still works. It's like that fullback dive for a year and a half. It was guaranteed. Third and one, fourth and one. Everybody knew it was coming. They still did it, and it was consistently an effective play for the Chiefs. McCole Hardman in the red zone, man. Those jet sweeps, it's the easy button. And so for me, it's certified because when you look at the one thing that is missing right now with this Chiefs offense, really it's two, but one of them he can't really impact, and that's the turnovers. But the other thing that's been a problem for them, it's the red zone, and he's the easy button in that area. This is going to shock you, but I think I'm going to go certified as well. Oh, really? <laughs> um, you know, we saw Sky Moore finally getting his opportunities last week, and I thought it was finally going to carry over. And it just didn't work out. Um, but one thing that we did see is Kadarius Tony. And I still like wholeheartedly believe that Kadarius Tony is probably the best wide receiver on the team. Uh, he certainly has a chance to be the most explosive, like playmaking guy that they have right now, but getting him healthy and having a healthy McColl in the red zone with what they're doing with Jarek McKinnon right now too, it'll just make them that much more unstoppable once they get into scoring position. Like I, I think that McColl Hardman, like BK was saying, does add an extra dimension to that. And even though they've struggled recently, we've seen what they're doing with McKinnon right now. That's going to carry over the playoffs. We're seeing Kadarius Tony get a little bit more involved on a weekly basis. And then you add McColl back into the mix who, you know, once he's fully healthy and ready for his snap share, he's going to see a lot of those plays. He's going to see a lot of those scoring opportunities. And I think it'll be big for the offense. So I got to go certified. Oh, that's it. That is that is an, uh, a mild upset from you, Stephen Serta, uh, on 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 that. I just, I I can't. I just cannot get myself to believe that that cat is that that means that much. I hope, but I like I that is that is just hard to believe. The other other part, I know you're saying red zone. The only other part is, like, can he affect deep plays and can and big plays and can he. Is he someone that loosens up coverage on on Kelsey? Uh, yeah, is it's he, also that's his speed that's is something is. you have to respect, and is that is that is that something that he changes as well? Yeah, anybody who can loosen the clamps on Travis Kelsey is going to help the offense, and McColl is going to do that. And even if he didn't, even if the only thing that he did was help them in the red zone, that's enough. That's enough. I'm fine with him getting two touches a game. Yeah, as long as one of them goes for a score, that's, right. that's cool. He was get, he had like three carries in the red zone in the four weeks prior to him getting hurt, and two of them went for touchdowns. And that didn't include anything that he did in the receiving game. If he did nothing more than do those two two do those three carries in the two week stretch for the AFC postseason, that's right. a win. I'm also fine with him returning punts. 
and, and being sure. and being that guy. Let's yeah. let's do that for the playoffs. That that that's a scary thing. And maybe we talk about that going to the playoffs. That's a scary thing. Like I don't have a lot of confidence in anybody returning punts in terms of catching it and holding on to it. Like that makes me nerve. Like McCole Hartman, that wasn't his bag either. McCole don't always catch him clean either on those punts, those kickoffs. Like if he get it, if if, he, if somebody could catch it for him and hand it to him, like I'd feel a lot better about that. But anyway, that's it. That's another another topic. All right, predictions in this game, uh, final regular season game. The Chiefs can sew up a, a home field advantage, sort of at least sew up a bye uh, if they win this game on Sunday. What's what's the prediction out there in Vegas? I'll go first. Um, I I don't think that the Chiefs cover because the Chiefs never cover. Uh, I'll go thirty to twenty three. Chiefs win in Vegas. It's not as convincing as you want it to be, but the offense looks good, and we go into the playoffs with the Chiefs having a fourteen and three record, a first round bye, and a very good opportunity to once again never see Patrick Mar or guaranteed opportunity really to still not see Patrick Mahomes playing a true road playoff game. I'm not buying the Jared Siddham hype at all. After the one game, yeah, it was great, whatever. Their offensive line still sucks. Their defense still really sucks. And the Chiefs now know, officially, they need to win this thing to still claim the bye in the AFC. So I think they get it done. I think they put together a strong offensive performance, and I think the Chiefs win 34-17. to Oh, my. Um, they put up 34 on the number one defense last week, and Devontae Adams. And how much films on Jared Siddham prior to, prior to last week? Man, it shouldn't matter that much with those <laughs> players that, that the Niners have. Um, I, think it, I think he's going to put up points. I'm going to say Chiefs 34, Raiders 31. I think it'll be a I think it'll be a high scoring game. I think the Chiefs will score enough, but I do I do think he'll put up points. And I and I'll be honest with you, I'm just going to go by what we're seeing. I think at least once the Chiefs are going to give him a short field, in some form or fashion that that helps the Raiders score points. I would like to see a, a new streak started at one again of a game with no turnovers. Um, they're they're but, due they're due for a, a field goal block or something. That's like the one thing that they haven't had happen to them on special teams. Okay, I forgot about <laughs> the special teams portion of this. That's a good. We'll see. I punt, go thirty four thirty one. Punt block feels like yeah. it's ready. Yeah, something. Yeah. Oh Townsend's yeah, Tommy. Gonna mess something up. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah, Tommy. Boy, he's... maybe a bad snap, something like that. Yeah, maybe Chad Henney's a holder next week. We'll see. Um. All right, man, that was fun. Uh, last one, and then the playoffs get started. We are out.